Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Danny G, you can pull this up on your computer and help keep tabs on it. I have no idea how often they update this, but my new book is officially out today. So I'm giving a challenge to everyone out there across the country. I'm going to keep this challenge going all day, but I'm curious what we can do during the three hours that the show is live. My book is $17 right now. Republicans buy sneakers too. It is $17 right now on Amazon. Uh, It is right now as I'm looking the 299th most popular book in America. Now, that's a pretty high ranking. Like, we're going to be right on the borderline of making the New York Times bestseller list, I am told by my publisher. Uh, I have never had a book, in my knowledge, inside the top 100 on Amazon. I've certainly never had a book inside the top 50 or inside the top 10. This thing is pretty cool. It's addictive to authors like me to be able to go see what books are really selling well. And I'll give you an example. It's really hard for a sports book to make the New York Times bestseller list because most people out there are not sports uh, fans. And so sports books, like right now I'm looking at the top sellers on Amazon. Number one is something called The Wonky Donkey. I don't know what that is. It's a kid's book. Number two is Fear uh, Inside the Trump White House by Bob Woodward. Uh, Number three is something called Girl, Wash Your Face. Uh, then we got Reese Witherspoon. We got a bunch of cookbooks. Uh, we got kids' books. We got Michelle Obama. What I'm getting at here is it's really hard, crazy rich Asians. It's really hard to be at the very top of the Amazon bestseller list. 
And as I scroll through the top 100, I don't believe there's going to be a single sports book inside the top 100. By the way, some books just stay there all the time. Like To Kill a Mockingbird is right now number 35 on the list. It's always there. Goodnight Moon is always in the top 100, right? These are books that are basically always there. And when I scroll through, I don't believe right now there is, I think our book is probably basically number one in sports books in America right now. There is not a sports book at all in the top 100. So so my book is out today. I'm My challenge for everybody out there is how high while I'm on the air here as well as throughout the day on Tuesday can we send this? Now, again, the audio book is $20. The Amazon book is $17. What do you think Lord of the Flies is in the top 100? There are no sp- uh, the, right now the Great Gatsby is in the top 100. Lots of cookbooks, everything else. There are no, lots of these uh, uh, Dogman and uh, Dogman books which my boys love. No sports books in the top 100. We may well be the highest rated sports book in America right now. How high can we send this thing today, Danny G? Like what's a good target? for me to ask the OutKick crew to make happen. All right, I'm targeting number 56 on the list, if you can pull that up. Sesame Street, P is for potty. <laughs> Lift the flap. We like to bump past <laughs> P is for potty. That's yeah. a good target. So we're going to try. Can you guys send me past P is for potty? <laughs> $17 on Amazon right now. My book in hardback. Also $20 for nine hours of audio. Right now I'm getting dunked on by P is for potty. It's got <laughs> Elmo on the front. I don't even know what the blue guy next to Elmo is. Who is that with Elmo? Do you know? I have no idea. I might buy that book right now for my daughter. She might for like your the, kids? Are yeah. you in the process? Well, we're having that now. Great job. No. It's going to keep it 56. <laughs> Roberto, what are you doing? All right. So Traitor. can we drive it past P is for potty? Can we move into the top 100 <laughs> and knock down Elmo for the day and just dunk on Elmo here and get past P is for potty? 56 <laughs> is the – yeah, there you go. It's the new, <laughs> El- it's the new Elmo laugh. Yeah, Kawhi's laugh is ter- Yeah, that is a terrifying laugh. That is the laugh of a maniacal dictator who's trying to take over the world. That should have been the Dr. Evil laugh back in the day by uh, Mike Myers. All right. Uh, all right, so where can we send the challenge? Somebody keep that plugged up on the screen. Yeah. Uh, right now we are at two ninety nine. I just sent out the link on my Twitter feed. You can go find me at Clay Travis. Um, and uh, I'm also asking if you've already bought the book, to like or retweet it. So much of anything is marketing, and my marketing is basically relying on you guys to help uh, help me out there. So uh, send a message. I also think this is kind of important. People, uh, A lot of people, whether you like me or not, attack me on a regular basis. And I think if we're on the New York Times bestseller list as a sports book, all of my critics and everybody out there who says, oh, Clay Travis doesn't know what he's talking about. There's no audience out there. And I get this all the time. People say, oh, Clay Travis's audience is stupid. They're not readers. They're not smart enough. Like, you guys can send a message to everyone out there. If you agree with a lot of the arguments that I make about how sports has become too political, about uh, the era that we are in now where it's important for sports fans to be united, I'm a Jordan guy, I'm a Tiger guy, I am in favor of athletes trying to speak to everyone as opposed to lecturing us about what our politics should be. If you agree with that, you can send an important message. Plus, we can try and dunk on Elmo here. P is for potty is number 56 in the nation. 
and right now I am 299. How high can you drive me up? All right, we have got the uh, top five and bottom five in the NFL. Hop in right now. Let's uh, let's dive in. I will start with the bottom five. I think we have music in the background for the top five, bottom five. Yep, Roberto's getting it ready right now. Roberto is eventually going to play the music, and this is going to sound a lot like NFL films. We will have the majestic music in the background. There we have it now. The always reliable top five, bottom five in the NFL. We do it every single Tuesday on this show when we finish a new week of the NFL season. We will begin with the bottom five, and I will count you down from 28 to 32. In the 28 spot, Dallas Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are awful. I don't know what's going to happen with Jason Garrett. I don't believe in Dak Prescott as the future quarterback of this organization. I think the Cowboys have got a massive, massive mess to figure out what their long-range future is going to be. Ezekiel Elliott, as good of a running back as he is, he can't make up for Dak Prescott's failures. This is a stat that we shared yesterday on Lock It In, my television show, which is at 4.30 Eastern on FS1. And I looked at that and I said, my God, this is not a stat you want to be a part of. This is from Ruben Frank, who I believe is a local Dallas area uh, uh, commentator, sports commentator. Only four quarterbacks have ever had longer streaks of games with at least 25 pass attempts and fewer than 200 yards. Dak Prescott in the last five games has thrown for less than 200 yards a game while attempting at least 25 passes. The only four quarterbacks in NFL history who have also managed to do that. John Brody, Rick Myrer, Steve Walsh, and Ken O'Brien. That is not a list you want to be on. It speaks to the lack of explosion in the Dallas Cowboy offense and also to Dak Prescott's inability to push the ball very far down the field. I think Dak has gone from a future franchise quarterback to someone that if you're a Cowboy fan and also Cowboy management, you have to be nervous committing big dollars to him in the years ahead as his contract comes up and you have to make a decision about your future. So I've got the Cowboys at 28. At 29, they would not have been here. I probably would have had the Cleveland Browns in their spot, the Jets, because the Jets knocked out Tyrod Taylor. Baker Mayfield officially announced, I believe, as a starter. We are going to be in the middle of Mayfield mania this coming weekend. I've got the Jets now at 29 starting their own rookie quarterback in Sam Darnold. In the 30 spot, there are only three teams that have gone 0-3 so far. They're paying their guy $10 million a year. The Oakland Raiders in the 31st spot. A lot of optimism, a lot of excitement coming into this season. I remember Jalen Ramsey said, oh, Deshaun Watson's going to win an MVP in this league. If so, he better start winning a lot of football games because I've got the Texans at 31, Bill O'Brien on the hottest of hot seats. And finally, the worst team in the NFL They have announced that they are going to be starting Josh Rosen, all four of the first four rookie quarterbacks. Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Baker Mayfield will all be starting by week four. The fifth first-round quarterback, Lamar Jackson, sitting behind Joe Flacco. My bottom five in order, the Cowboys, the Jets, the Raiders, the Texans, and the Cardinals. Okay, that is my bottom five. Any thoughts, Danny G.? Well, I hate that my favorite team is on your list there, but uh, if there's any solace for Raider fans, it's that you gave us a little bit of comfort on the show yesterday, and also Colin Cowherd said they're not an ugly 0-3 team. They play good for stretches, so it's a, a slight rebuild, and I don't know, there's some optimism at least. 
Raider fans should love me because I have you rated as the best of the worst 0-3 teams. Yes. That's the best I can do for you. You're at least not the Texans or the Cardinals. All right, here's my top five. Going in order from five to one. You can say this is a homer pick. You can say there's no way to defend this. Tennessee Titans I've got in the five spot. Look right now if the season ended today. If the season ended today, here is who your eight division champs would be. Okay? The Miami Dolphins, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Tennessee Titans, and the Kansas City Chiefs would be your AFC division champs. Okay? Your NFC division champs. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Chicago Bears, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the LA Rams. So those would theoretically have to be your top eight teams because those are all of your division champs. Now, arguably, you can also say, well, you could have two of the best teams in the same division. That's certainly true. But that's kind of where I'm starting right now is looking at, okay, who would be winning the divisions? On top of that, and I'm going to count down, the Titans' only loss is by seven to the uh, Miami Dolphins who are undefeated right now. Right, The Dolphins are undefeated, so I factored that in as well, and I think you have to put the Dolphins in your top five. So at 2-1, and one, they are undefeated. They also beat the Jags head-to-head, which knocked the Jags out of my rankings. So I have got the, uh, I've got the Tennessee Titans at number five overall. You might say it's a homer pick. I'm comfortable with that. I'm very impressed with what Mike Vrabel has been able to do. In my four spot, I have got the Miami Dolphins. They are undefeated. I think 3-0 and deserves respect, uh, and they have, uh, they have certainly cemented themselves now in a position where if the Dolphins could go on the road this weekend against the Patriots and win, they would take a stranglehold on the AFC East four games into the season. They would be three and a half up on the uh, New England Patriots. So we'll see what happens there. In the three spot, I still believe in Fitzmagic. I know they lost last night, but I have got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number three overall. They're two and one. I feel pretty confident in them. And then my top two teams, the best teams in the NFC and the best team in the AFC, I have got the Chiefs at two, and I have got the Rams as the number one team in the NFL. So in order, one to five, I've got Rams, Chiefs, Tampa Bay Bucks. Miami Dolphins, and the Tennessee Titans, and the greatest head coach in the NFL, Mike Vrabel. Your thoughts, Danny G. That is a strange top five list, right? Well, a few three weeks of them ago, are easy. Right, yeah. Three but, of them are easy because they're, un- they're only three undefeated teams, the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins. I think if you're being fair, you have to have all three of those in. And frankly, I don't understand how everybody in America right now doesn't have as their top two teams the Rams and the Chiefs. Yeah, those are obvious. Vrabel, you have a man crush on, we found out yesterday. So no surprise, the Titans are at number five. But they deserve it after Mariota's performance. He played with two good fingers, so I would have to put him at um, six or five could, there. If he only has two functional fingers on his throwing hand, imagine what he's going to be able to do with five. By oh, the way, He'll I, throw I don't at even least know, ten more interceptions with in, feeling in, in all his fingers. In the AFC East, there are... The only team that's 3-0, everybody else has a losing record. I think you could make an argument for the Bengals, probably, but they are uh, you know, coming off of a, uh, a tough situation there where they just lost by 10 to uh, the Panthers. 
in the AFC South, I think it's hard to make an argument for Jacksonville given the fact that the Patriots are 1-2 and two, and they just lost at home to the Titans. Uh, Denver's 2-1, and one, so you could maybe make an argument for the Broncos, but they are coming off of a loss to the Ravens. I think you could also make a, an argument for the Ravens, but then they lost to the Bengals, and they aren't even in first place in their division right now, so I think that's tough in the AFC. Uh, the Washington Redskins have been pretty decent, uh, and certainly the Philadelphia Eagles have been okay. And going forward, we'll see what happens. The Eagles go on the road against the Titans. The Bears, I'm just not sold on. Everybody else in the NFC North has been very mediocre. The Bears were very fortunate to get past the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Bucks, I've already got in there. The New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers, I think it's hard to figure out the NFC South right now. I think the NFC South is the best division in all of the uh, NFL. And then uh, that's it. I mean, there's only about eight or nine teams that you can even consider. So that is my top five. We're going to talk with my guy, Mark uh, Schlereth, when we come back on the flip side. Do we have any update? We'll keep you updated on when they... I don't know how often they update the Amazon rankings. That's my uh, that's my only uncertainty. So P is for potty. Still hanging out there at 56. We'll see if we can uh, if we can roll back in i will update you as soon as any kind of new number comes down hopefully we're going to go in the good direction as opposed to the bad direction because if i put out the, the the hard sell here and we start moving in the opposite direction i may have to uh, to recontemplate my uh, strategy here but right now we are at 299 i think they may update them every hour or so this is the kind of obsessive life you have if you're an author where you sit and watch and see what your amazon ranking is Again, I think we have a really good shot, I'm told, to make the New York Times bestseller list. Thousands and thousands of you have already gone out and bought this book. Uh, To put it into perspective, Michael Bennett wrote a book, and I have been told that we have already dunked all over uh, Philadelphia Eagle uh, Michael Bennett. We sold more books through Amazon pre-sell than he sold across the entire country of his book anywhere. And by the way, this book will be in every bookstore in the country today. So if you have a Barnes & Noble, I don't think Borders exist anymore, right? So if you have a Barnes & Noble, I think that's pretty much the only, Books A Million, the only national bookstore chains left at this point, Books A Million and Barnes & Noble. Any of those places you go into should be there. I think we're going to be in some Costco's, uh, so uh, I'm excited about that, I believe. Uh, But you know what's crazy is I don't even have a copy of my book yet. How ridiculous is that? That I am the author. People are tweeting me pictures of all of their books arriving from Amazon and getting shipped in from all these different places where they bought them. I sometimes think that I am an uh, island of competence surrounded by an entire industry of incompetence. I don't, I don't know what goes on in the world. Like Everybody else is supposed to exist to make my life easier, and somehow nobody takes care of the most basic things. Wouldn't sending the author a copy of his book be a very basic thing that a publisher should take care of? Like, shouldn't I have the book before anybody else does? And yet I've got people tweeting me like crazy, oh, hey, your book's already arrived, and the publisher hasn't even sent me a copy of it yet. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like Back to the Future where Biff walks in that package, the box of pre-sale books. You you should have a big box of your books already on your desk. I, I am like, I, I get emailed <laughs> by the publisher like 20 times a day with all of these little details that really aren't that important, right? Like, oh, can you do X? Like, I am going today to do like 400 different radio stations. That might be a slight exaggeration, but I have an unbelievably packed schedule for every minute of my day today, and frankly, every minute of this week today, where like I literally don't have five minutes where I can actually create space for myself. 
So that's what my day is going to go on. So I have been committing to all of these different insane obligations all day. The publisher, despite the fact that I've emailed them multiple times, been like, hey, you know, it'd probably be cool if I had a copy of my book. And by the way, my publisher is HarperCollins, like a big national publisher. You would think they would be on the ball and be like, okay, yeah, let's make sure that the author has a copy of his actual book that is being released today. So at a minimum, you know, he could hold up the copy of his book on his Periscope or his Facebook or whatever else. Zero copy of the book sent to me. And people like out there, like all over the place, (laughs) people in media got advanced copies and they're writing me for the last month. Like, hey, got a copy of your book. I'm really enjoying it. And the publisher did not, despite my request, send me an actual copy of my book. So I got people all over the media industry texting me like, hey, got your book. I'm reading it. I'm really enjoying it. Thanks for making sure that I was on the list to get an early copy. And the publisher didn't didn't send me one. Do you at least have a copy of the audio book? No. I don't have a single thing. Like, you would think that this would be one of the things you would be most on the ball for if you were a publisher. You know what? Let's take care of the author and make sure that weeks before the book is actually available in bookstores everywhere, that the author would have a copy. And the number of people who've been sending me messages like, hey, like, can I get an early copy of your book? I'm like, I don't even have a copy of the book. I don't understand how this happens. See, my, my big theory in general is people do bad jobs by and large taking care of important details and get bogged down on all the minor details. Every married man knows what I'm talking about. Like every time I talk to my wife, I will say, uh, hey, like I, th- this is something I've been on for a long time. What I would say is I need you to sum up everything and distill it for me i don't need to hear a 20 minute recitation on the background of this story i need you to get to what you're asking me to do okay i don't need to hear a 20 minute recitation about your meeting with one of the elementary school teachers i just need to know how's the kid doing all right just get me to the get me to the 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 the, the point here but that's the that was, that's that's the wife though clay they're gonna tell you what happened when she walked in, when she got in the car, and then... The dirty look that lady is, gave her. Yeah. This is the this is the <laughs> problem with life in general, is that we lose focus on the big issues. <laughs> like, to me, the publisher, hey, let's get the author a copy of his book, is much more important than, hey, can you do this interview at 9.15? Like, I, right now, I've got an email from my publisher pulled up, and I have an entire media schedule in front of me of all the interviews that I'm obligated to do this week. And, I mean, if you looked at this thing, you'd be like, oh, my God, like this is a ridiculous roster of interviews I'm going to do. And the reality of it is just about everybody I'm going to do a radio interview with has a smaller audience than me, right? Like I have my own radio show. I can come on with you right now and directly say, hey, please go buy my book. So I'm doing a lot of radio interviews and interviews in general with people who have smaller audiences than me. So it's not necessarily the most efficient use of my time, but I'm like, you know what? I'll do anybody who wants to request an interview. I'll try to do it this week. But wouldn't you think, hey, let's send a copy of the book to the guy who wrote the book. This seems like a kind of significant issue. 
that would be out there. To me, the bigger oversight is there's no copy of the book anywhere around Fox Sports Radio, the best sports radio network in the nation, in the world for that matter, if I can say so myself. And we have lots of authors who send their their companies, send us books here, their publishers. The, the packages come all the time and the books stack up here behind me on the desk. I don't see your book anywhere, Clay. So yeah. I'm not sure if F- FSR can promote no. you because we don't have Let a copy. Me- let yeah, me say I this. I know that Dan Patrick has it because Paul Pabst sent me a message and said, hey, the back, the blurbs on your book are hysterical. Because I, what I would like to do this morning if I had a copy of the book is I would read the blurbs because oh, it's all hates. It's all people saying how much they hate <laughs> me instead of actual praise. So I know the Dan Patrick show got a copy and I know Cowherd got a copy. Because Cowherd's crew all reached out and they said, hey, we got a copy of the book. So I don't know uh-huh. if Gottlieb got one, but I, all of these other guys who were on Fox Sports Radio got copies of my book. Me, the actual author, I still don't have one. I'm going to have to get in my car at some point and drive out to the local bookstore to go buy a copy of my book. <laughs> would you, my would you be embarrassed it. to do that? What a loser if you walked up with like eight copies of your own book. It is kind of embarrassing to be like, hey, my publisher didn't send me a copy, so I've got to go out to the bookstore now and go buy an actual copy of my book. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are joined now, as we are every single Tuesday, by Charles Davis, voice of Madden. He's got the Cowboys game coming up uh, this weekend. But let's go right into what happened last night. Monday Night Football, I'm sure you were watching uh, the game, paying attention to it as well, Charles. And uh, let's say you are in the Bucks uh, office right now. Jameis Winston probably at the facility today. Dirk Cutter says he's not going to make an announcement until he talks to Jameis Winston. You are Dirk Cutter. You say to Jameis what? Have you watched the first three games? <laughs> now I know I'm being obnoxious. I'm doing a little Mike Zimmer there, right? You saw that about Zimmer when he cut the kicker, Daniel Carlson. Yes. <laughs> I mean, hey, Zim, what about it? Have you have you seen? Have you watched the game? Uh, so it's really he won't be that flip. He can't be because Jameis still is the future of the Buccaneers if he chooses to be. And what I mean by that is very simply, if he chooses to act right be what a starting quarterback needs to be in the NFL and obviously continue to work on his game and cut down on the, the turnovers and crazy plays that he tries to make at times. Because when he settles in, he can be a heck of a quarterback. But there's no way in my mind, and I don't think anyone who has watched has ever expressed, I haven't heard anyone think that it would be a good idea to make a change now, least of all Deshaun Jackson and the wide receiver core of the, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions last night. We can argue about how many of them were his fault, how many of them were, you know, blocking and other things. But bottom line is he still gave them a chance down the stretch, brought them back, three state games of 400 yards. He's their quarterback until further notice. I would tell Jameis, make sure you're ready to go. Act like a, a professional during this time frame. Be the best backup you can be. And if he knows Ryan Fitzpatrick's history in the NFL, he ought to think to himself, I'm going to get another opportunity because that's typically how it works out for Fitzy. So Fitzpatrick, first, and it's an amazing stat, first NFL passer in the history of the NFL to throw for over 400 yards in three straight games. You just mentioned, you know, you can look at it, three touchdown passes, three interceptions. I was saying earlier, the one that really kind of sticks out is probably Fitzpatrick's fault is the pick six down uh, yeah. close to the goal line. The tip ball, that those things happen. You know, that somebody in the defensive line gets their hands up. You don't know. That could just as easily have fallen incomplete. 
and uh, and certainly it looked like Mike Evans may have pulled up a little bit short on the other interception, and Fitz was giving him a chance to go up into the air and maybe make a play there. Uh, but when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, uh, now that we're through uh, three games, how good of a team is this? Because when I look at what they've got as a downfield passing threat, O.J. Howard, who I know you watch play a lot at yeah. Alabama, really seems to be coming into his own at tight end. You've got a really solid Mike Evans as one of the you know five or six best, I think, wide receivers in the NFL. And Deshaun Jackson is an incredible compliment to Mike Evans. This is a really talented offensive skill position team in my mind. Maybe not great at running back, but those three I just named are really great downfield passing options. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And what you mentioned about the running back position, that's the thing that throws me a little bit because – I think most of us expected Ronald Jones, who they drafted out of USC, to end up being their lead runner, and I believe he was a healthy scratch last night. So they've got, you know, when I say they've got to figure that out, Ronald Jones has got to figure out the NFL game and be be the factor that they need him to be because Dirk Cutter's not afraid to run the football as their play caller, and and he likes to run the football. That helps the, the overall offense. I think where Tampa Bay got better was on the defensive side, and I know that points went up on the board last night. Pittsburgh's hard to slow down. But if they can get themselves in a position, you know, you can turn loose a JPP, a Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, a Vinnie Curry, Bo Allen inside who could be a better run stopper and, and, and help a little bit with the push inside. That's where things are, are, are better for them because I think Quan Alexander and Levante David are excellent on the second level at linebacker. Secondary is, again, where the issues have been, and they continue to fight some injuries back there. But I think they're a much improved team. But, Clay, how about how – Early in the season, we've got a game that's really big that I'm not sure before the season many people would have looked at and circled, and that's Tampa Bay at Chicago coming oh. up. That's a big game next week because for both of these teams for, for various reasons. But before the season, would we have circled Tampa Bay-Chicago and said, hey, keep on the lookout for it? Probably not. No, and one of those two teams is going to end up 3-1 and one and be ecstatic with how things have started out. The other team will be 2-2 two and two and not be that happy. But, man, 3-1 and one in the first four. You know, you look at those NFL seasons in four-game windows, and every head coach in America would sign up for 3-1 and one through four just about uh, every single four-game stretch. What do you think about the roughing the passer calls? Last night there were four roughing the passer calls in the first half. Ben Roethlisberger reacts as he disagrees with the way the rule is being implemented. Uh, has the NFL gone too far in the direction of protecting quarterbacks? And if so, how do you fix it now that we're already into the season? I don't know that you ever go too far in trying to protect them, but I think you go too far in what your expectations are of what people have to do to try to protect them. And I hope that makes sense. What I'm saying in that is you can do everything possible to try and protect them. We know they are the commodity. Duh. That's who we come out to see. Do you go and see the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Rodgers right now? Maybe not with quite the same enthusiasm, even if you're a Packer lover. Right? We can just go right down the line. So, so I think that part is self-explanatory. But the idea that now we're asking pass rushers to be contortionists as well when they finish their pass rush, I think you're asking a lot. I had the Green Bay-Washington game this past weekend. If you're Clay Matthews, you wake up in the middle of the night with a start multiple times, don't you? Like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. <laughs> because that's what's happened to him now. Three straight games. Now, the first game, it was all on him. The Chicago game, that was all on him. And everybody's looking at him like, are you kidding me? You're double digits in the league. Why would you hit him then? Almost helped cost them a game. They were able to snuff out the last drive. It didn't cost them. The next two weeks, the hit against Kirk Cousins, 
In no way, shape, or form does anyone in the league that plays the game, coaches the game, and I would dare say probably officiates the game, think that a flag should have been thrown, but the officials have been told what they have to throw a flag for. And, Clay, they get graded, too. That's one thing people have to keep in mind. They get graded by a standard that's set by the league, set by the officiating crew, and if they want to work in the postseason, they've got to hit that standard. So that flag is going to hit the ground. And it's just it made zero sense. Kirk Cousins jumped up to throw the ball. He didn't get pile-driven into the ground. And then this last one with Clay Matthews, I on air tried to somewhat give them an out and say, okay, maybe they're looking at where his helmet hit his shoulder pad and they call that the neck area and blah, 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 and then was told that that was not the call, that it was his body weight. And I'm like, where did you want him to land? You know, is he supposed to hit him? In fact, Clay told us before the game, he said, maybe we have to Superman everyone. We're like, what are you talking about Superman? He's like, you know how Superman flies through the air and his arms go back, right? Like, you know, and he's just zipping through like a, like a missile. You have to run through the quarterback and not put your arms around him, whatever. He said, well, guess what? That's lousy tackling for him. You're going to hurt yourself if you end up hitting the ground that way. And by the way, do you think you can really get Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton and quarterback, you know, Phillip Rivers, quarterbacks of that size down doing that? The answer is no. So it makes no sense to me in terms of that. I know what they're trying to do, Clay. But they're asking too much of these, of these unbelievable athletes. And the quarterbacks themselves are saying, I don't think that's a flag. Aaron Rodgers has been very eloquent about it. Alex Smith tried not to answer the question and answered it and said, well, you know, it felt like a football play to me. So I think it's just too much too far. And unfortunately, I don't know that the league is going to work with us on it, Clay, not in the initial go-around. To me, it feels like the league is doubling and tripling down and not realizing that in a lot of ways it's not good for the game. It's not good for the people watching it. We're talking to Charles Davis. Go follow him on Twitter, Voice of Madden, in addition to calling games at CFD22. You have, you're talking about games that, that are big, and I think, honestly, the game you're going to have this coming weekend is going to be huge, too. The Lions going on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. What is going on with Dak? What do the Cowboys do? The drama there is reaching a fever pitch. The Cowboys sitting at 1-2. and two. Everybody rode off the Lions, and then what do the Lions do? They come out and just dominate the New England Patriots. What do you expect to see on Sunday in a game where we're talking about how one team's going to feel pretty decent one of these teams is going to be 2-2, two and two, and they're going to be like, all right, first four games didn't go great, but here we are. We're in a position where we can contend for a playoff berth in the next uh, 12 games. The other team is going to be 1-3, and three, and the data would suggest you start off 1-3, and three, your chances of being in the playoff mix are really, really low. This is a big game for both teams, too. Yeah, it almost feels a little bit like loser-leave-town match, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? I mean, and if it, I, I have to tell you, I just can't get out of my, my head. Rick Flair coming down the aisle to offset, you know, the Rick Flair trip. I mean, <laughs> yes. and the pictures from the wedding were just off the charts. When but, I saw the and Undertaker you've been there, I bet. Rosemary, Rosemary Beach, that's one of my favorite places to go visit. Uh, anyway, I can't imagine what I would have thought if I'd been rolling down there and I'd heard a woo and looked over and Rick Flair's getting married for, I assume, what's got to be like the eighth time, whatever it is. Um, I don't know what Rick Flair's marital history is, but I'm betting that wasn't his first wedding. No, so, not even close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that guy is unbelievable. So yeah, like I, I'm with I'm with you on that that uh, that marriage. And by the way, the outfits that everybody wore to oh. the uh, to the post like they were a bunch Michael, of old did wrestlers. You see Michael there. P. S. Hayes. Did you oh, see that yeah. outfit? Oh yeah. I mean, did, you, just, did, did you? My favorite was the Undertaker with Ric Flair and Dennis Rodman. And he's holding two shot glasses in one hand, the Undertaker was. 
and you know that second glass was not for someone else. Oh, he took two and not fishes. only that. He took double the Undertaker. fish to new heights. <laughs> yeah, the, the Undertaker, when he was holding that shot glass, it looked like a thimble. You know how, like, you see sometimes, like, uh, like I remember seeing Andre the Giant back in yes. the day holding a beer can, yes. and the beer can looked like, in his hand, it looked like, I mean, I, I, like he was holding a teacup, right? You're just like, <laughs> my God, like a 12-ounce beer to Andre the Giant is literally like you and me holding a shot glass, and I mean, it he was really... just throwing them back like crazy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I can't imagine if I'd been down there with my kids, uh, oh, because gosh. my kids are also big wrestling. Are, are you still pay attention to wrestling now? I do. I went to I went to WrestleMania, not as much as I did when I was a kid, don't get me wrong, but I went yeah. to WrestleMania in Orlando two years ago. Oh, that was and amazing, an, outdoors. And what an experience that was. But anyway, I took us off track, but, but back to Detroit and Dallas, I just couldn't help myself. I still see the Nature Boy and Offset, and it just it just throws me. But anyway. By the way. My producer just got in my ear, said it was his fifth wedding, which is not going to surprise any. Yeah, well, fifth well wedding. listen, you, you listen. If you round up, you were heading to eight. I mean, uh, you were that's right exactly there. Right. That's exactly. <laughs> and by the way, he might get to eight. That's not to say <laughs> he has. He lives another twenty years. I would. I would put my over under at eight. That wouldn't really shock me. He might Elizabeth Taylor this thing before all is said and done. Um, he, he, he beat death last year, so don't bet against him. So you know that's for sure. But in this game, Clay. The offensive line of Dallas, which has gotten so much acclaim and rightfully so for so long, is not that offensive line, right? That's where the issue lies with them right now. Travis Frederick, we don't know when he's going to play again, and that's not his major concern. Guillaume-Barre syndrome, I had a friend who had it. It is no joke. This is not like, well, how long is he on the IR and when does he come back? Okay? He's got so many other things to worry about. Football is the least of them, just trying to get his strength and his health back. But he is the pivot of that offensive line. And that is huge for them. Zach Barnes has been playing dinged up all year, and he's an all-pro. Okay, Collins, Tyron Smith, but then they've got Connor Williams, the rookie guard that struggled along the way. They can't run the ball with the consistency they want. They don't have the people to throw the ball to downfield. I know everybody keeps talking about Dez, 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 Dez. Dez wasn't giving them those types of plays anymore either. Okay, They were occasional, they were flashes, but it wasn't the consistency. They don't have that downfield threat. They thought they could make do. But it's a lot of underneath guys. So without being able to push it, and I know Tavon Austin caught the big one against the Giants, they're not playing in more than 10, 12 plays a game. So if they don't have not figured that out, that's where the problem lies with Dallas. With Detroit, everything was gloom and doom. Matt Patricia was in over his head. The team hated him. Is this, that, and everything. And amazingly enough, you beat New England, and all is right with your world again, isn't it? You don't yes. hear that at all anymore about, well, maybe Matt Patricia's t- tough training camp was getting them ready for New England. I mean, it's, it's amazing how fast that changed. But to your point, whoever comes out of this 2-2 two and two, the first quarter of the season, you're feeling actually pretty decent about yourself because the NFC East is not a runaway. It's too early. All right? And if you're looking over in the NFC North, it has now become a battle. Okay, Minnesota's having their struggles. Green Bay's having their struggles. Chicago is setting the pace right now, and they're not guaranteed to continue up that continue that pace anyway. So you're exactly right. This game, it means a lot to both of them. But the thing that that really caught my eye about Detroit last week was how well they ran the football. That was huge for them. Not just Carry On Johnson getting over 100 yards. We know the streak was 70 games. We got all that. It's what they have put into that team with the offensive line. With the idea of finally becoming a team that can run it and take pressure off of Stafford, and if that can continue that trend, then Detroit's got something going there. You're in Florida. You're a University of Tennessee alum and former player. 
Yeah, I know there have been a lot of tough Sundays for you to wake up and have to go out and face everybody. What happened to the Vols against the Gators? I have no earthly idea, Clay. I'm trying to figure that out because I still would maintain that going into that game, it wasn't a huge talent gap between Florida and Tennessee. These are two very average football teams playing each other, so I expected a pretty competitive game. And then our balls, you know, they just they turned it over like crazy in the whole deal. So I still believe it's a team that's going to be better down the stretch, but I don't know how good they truly are. I mean, when the season began and people were saying, hey, let's just try and get to a bowl game, you know, it's just so foreign to my ears, but I think that they were right. Let's just try and get to a bowl game. And now, as I look out, our so-called peers and where we are in the talent are actually better than us right now. Kentucky, Vanderbilt, and that, I mean, for that to roll off my tongue, do you know what that's doing to me right now? <laughs> that, you know, that, that we aren't up to Kentucky, Vanderbilt, that used to be locks. You rolled your helmet out. That's not a lock anymore. And, in fact, we'd have to almost upset both of them. So that's where it is, and, and that's unfortunate. But Coach Pruitt, he's got, you know, he knows what he's got to do, got to recruit. I'm never going to lose faith. And I'll just leave you with this one, Clay. My dad lives in New York where I grew up, New York State. And he said, yo, I walked out of the house on, on Sunday. Everybody's like, yo, Davis, you going to still wear that orange? And this is New Paltz, New York, which is, I mean, no one follows the SEC there. And they're all over him about that. And he said, that's my team, always going to be my team. And my dad didn't even go there. So I know how he feels. Outstanding stuff as always. Charles, we'll talk to you next week. Can't wait to watch the Lions and the Cowboys game you'll be calling. We'll talk to Charles Davis. Go follow him at CFD22. Thank him for waking up early with us. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. This audio from Kawhi Leonard. If you've forgotten and you haven't been paying attention, Kawhi Leonard, now a member of the Toronto Raptors. The NBA players had their official media days, met all of their media, and tell me this is not a diabolical, I'm trying to take over the world laugh right here from uh, from Kawhi Leonard. Let me play you the audio. Uh, he's asked a question. I believe we have it all. Listen to this. This is Kawhi yesterday in Toronto. What would you like people to know about you? I'm a fun guy. Obviously, I love the game of basketball. I mean, it's just more questions you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. I just can't give you a whole spiel. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> 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 is tell me I, I, the, I, there's not a single person la- right, right now who is not laughing I want to play I think we have ISOed Kawhi Leonard maniacal uh, maniacal listen to this listen to this again the, tell me this is not the laugh of a guy who has taken over the world and is slowly twiddling his fingers while he tries to determine how to drop the bomb that is going to wipe out civilization here's Kawhi Leonard uh, Dr. Evil style. <laughs> that honestly makes me think there's no wonder that Greg Popovich had to trade him. You can't win a championship with a guy who laughs like this. Could you, again. Could you imagine waking up to a Kawhi morning show and hearing him <laughs> laugh like that every hour? <laughs> I, am, I am blown away by that laugh when I heard it for the first time when I saw it on social media. I was, I, I mean, I... I, I, first of all, that whole entire answer is so incredibly awkward. awkward. Yeah. 
I mean, it's not a surprise that you're going to be asked questions. It's clear that Kawhi Leonard doesn't really like the media. I mean, he stayed so quiet. He really hasn't said very much about what happened in San Antonio to break uh, the relationship that he has down in San Antonio. But this is the laugh of uh, of a maniacal, uh, maniacal oh, no. crazy. Please man don't play it again. In the movies. No. Play it one more no. time. No. <laughs> uh, I'm a fun all, guy. <laughs> that whole the whole answer to that question is insanely awkward, and I, I don't. I mean, the question was not that great. What can you tell us about yourself? But you are introducing yourself to a new community of people there in Toronto that really don't have that much familiarity with you. So it's not a surprise that you would get a question like that. And I also understand that there are lots of people who just tense up anytime they have to speak in public. Kawhi Leonard can be very, very comfortable playing basketball in front of 20,000 people and also feel awful about the idea that he has to stand up and talk to people. You know, they, they always say that the thing that people fear most in life, the two things that people fear most in life, number one is speaking in public. Number two is death. Death is number two. Most people out there are so afraid of getting up in front of an audience and speaking that it is the single most feared thing that anyone does in uh, in the in, in American and world life. Death is number two. I think we have a cool mashup here now as well. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. I'm a fun guy. I don't think the mashup went very well there. I'm not sure what happened there. I was expecting more. I got to be honest with you, Danny G. Oh, well, when you we said were... I've got a mashup, I don't know what. No, we just there. there's two drops that'll last eternally from that 18 second soundbite. We were just putting them both together there. Yeah, that's oversold. We oversold it. We oversold the mashup. <laughs> you oversold the actual it. Actual. Well, I thought when you got in my ear, you had put together an unbelievable mix track there. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from six to nine a.m. Eastern, three to six a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. 
Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.